0: You're now listening to the Pentecostal Church Audio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. We are starting a new, like I said earlier, we're starting a new um, Christmas series today called The Miraculous Story. And um, I was... Uh, as you could imagine, I have read the Christmas story a number of times in my life, and I've preached on the Christmas story a number of times in my life, and sometimes uh, there's, um, sometimes you know, uh, you, when you're approaching a text and you're trying to put together a sermon, you, you can start by going, oh no, what could I possibly say? that I haven't said before. And then as you start looking into the text and studying again and rereading and refreshing and asking the Lord, all of a sudden, it always becomes fresh. And this is what's awesome about the scripture, that even though we've read it and I encourage you to read it, like I say, don't wait for the movie, read the book. You know, the book is always better than the movie. I've never seen a movie that does justice to the book. I'm telling you. But uh, when we read the book again and again and again, and the stories become a part of who we are, it's amazing that at just the right moment, sometimes it's just a phrase, a word, a little point in the story, and it just comes alive in your spirit, just at that moment when you need it. And have you experienced that? When it's just like, "I, how come I've never seen that before?" or "How come I never noticed that before?" And uh, the Bible is like that, it's, it's a supernatural book, that's why. Anyway, so today, our first, uh, our first of uh, four, I believe it's going to be, uh, on the miraculous story. Today we're going to be talking about the miracle of hope. So, welcome to the Christmas season, everybody. Welcome to maybe one of the most unique uh, Christmas times that we'll have in probably our lifetime. A lot of people are saying, let's take 2020 and just move on, but we're not moving on from 2020 quite yet, and I don't want us to lose the beauty, the awesomeness, and just the joy that comes with Christmas. Amen? I, uh, I realize that it's going to be different, and uh, I think it's been circulating around social media, this phrase... Maybe this isn't the Christmas where you get everything you want. Maybe this is the Christmas you're thankful for what you have. And, uh, and I, th- I think that's a really good reminder. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is, it is. This is the first Sunday of Advent. And uh, Advent is traditionally a time of preparation for the arrival of the Savior. Advent means coming. That's really what it means, and it refers mainly to the coming of a king, almost to the coronation of a king. And so, there's three different perspectives to the coming of Christ. There's obviously his physical coming uh, in Bethlehem that we celebrate at Christmas time two thousand years ago. There's also the coming of Jesus into the heart of the believer through the power of the Holy Spirit. And finally, there's going to be his second coming, or his return. And these three comings, these three, uh, these three sort of chunks of Advent are ours. We have already experienced, many of us, too. Jesus has already come, and many of us have already experienced the the. The, the receiving of Jesus, the receiving of the Holy Spirit into our lives, and we're waiting for the last Advent to come. So obviously, at Christmas time, we focus on the birth of Christ. We focus on uh, his arrival in Bethlehem. But I want us to remember that it, it marks a big moment in the plan of God. It it he arrived that day as a baby. But make sure that you are prepared for his return, for when he comes again, he will not come as a baby, but he will come as king of kings and lord of lords. So the Christmas story is this miraculous story of of miracles. I don't know if you've ever taken note. Like I was just going through the story again as I was prepping for the series, and you have like So many miracles. First you have, of course, this miraculous conception and the virgin birth. You have a fiancé who thought he had been betrayed, but he marries his girl anyway after a supernatural dream. Uh, You have angels appearing to a bunch of rough shepherds out in the middle of a field, not a normal experience. You have magi from the east following a star for hundreds of miles. You have... King Herod, who is trying to kill the baby Jesus, but uh, he, but they escape to Egypt because they're warned again in another supernatural dream and they escape uh, death. It, it's, it's filled, and even prior to the story with Elizabeth and John, and the whole story is filled with a pile of miracles. And I was just re-going over them again and they're just amazing. He did... Like God did so many amazing things just to get Jesus into the world. Like, seriously, all these things He, he, he does to get Jesus into the world. He's a God who deeply loves us, and he still has the ability to do miraculous signs and wonders in our world today. When, when you look nobody thinks John 3:16 sometimes ties to Christmas, but when you think about what God did to get his son here. And then you read the first part of that verse, God so loved the world that he sent his son. And when we look at the story of how he sent his son and the miracle after miracle after miracle that he did to get Jesus into the world. So he's a God of miracles. He's still a God of miracles. And so the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of the miracles that are part of the Christmas story. And there, I, I'm going to contend, and I know you're going to be with me, but they're miracles not just for then. I believe that miracles that happened at Christmas are actually still for now. That the effects of the Christmas miracles are, are still being felt 2,000 years plus. Um, so today, all that to introduce what we're going to be doing. So I want to start with the book of Isaiah and the miracle of hope. That's what we're going to be talking about today, the miracle of hope that Jesus has given to all of us. Isaiah, the book, has been called so many things over the years. Some people call it the fifth gospel because it's, it's filled with so much good news. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I think we could use a little hope and a little good news these days. Someone said amen at home. Type amen in the chat now. Come on now. I know some of you are watching on YouTube, but you can still chat on YouTube. Oh, now, Come on. We are in need of a little hope. We are in need of some good news these days. And Isaiah is, it has plenty of it. He, Isaiah was written about 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And so when you think about that, It makes the prophecies in the book all that much more incredible. The detail that he says, the incredible descriptions that he gives of something that he could could have no way of knowing 700 years in the future. Can you try to describe 700 years in the future? Just think about it and the accuracy, which with Isaiah did it. It's a miraculous book and a miraculous story. Isaiah is kind of unique because there's 66 chapters in the, in the book, and people also call it a mini-Bible because there are 66 books in the entire Bible. And so the first 39 chapters of Isaiah connect to the law of the Old Testament, and there's 39 books in the Old Testament. And then the last 27 chapters in Isaiah connect to the freedom And the joy and the good news that is taught in the New Testament. And there's 27 books in the New Testament. Isn't that neat? And that's how it lays out. So one of the big themes in this book is hope. And in the midst of dark and gloomy times, God was giving Isaiah insight into something that was coming. It was going to be glorious. It was going to be good. It was going to be better. Something better was coming even though he couldn't see it even though the rest of israel couldn't see it he actually says uh, isaiah says when he he gets these these prophecies and now he's yearning Mm. right to see what's to come and he says in isaiah 64 1 says he says oh that you would burst from the heavens and come down and he's he gets to the point where he's saying lord now we need justice now we need freedom now we need the darkness to be lifted we need freedom now he's longing for the lord to somehow come down into his world to make sense of the chaos israel had is now in exile they're under They're under the thumb of the Assyrians. It is not a good time. Everything looks bleak and dark and dim. The Lord had been silent for so long to the people and things were not looking good. And Isaiah from chapter sort of 40 onwards begins to lay out the hope that is coming. The Lord promises, I'm going to bring something better. Look Uh, So today, I want to look at three different chapters where the Lord speaks hope about the one who is coming. Um, So the first one is this. It's a sign, and it's from Isaiah 7, and I'll read it, just a couple of verses in just a couple seconds. But in chapter 7, let me set the scene. There's King Ahaz, he's not a good king. He's an evil king, and he had disobeyed God, and the result of his disobedience was that his kingdom was under attack from all sides. Israel was not in a good state. In fact, Israel and Judah were separated and the, the whole thing was a giant mess. God sends the king a message through the prophet Isaiah and says to him, listen, unless your faith is firm, you will not stand. But Isaiah, uh, but uh, Ahaz refused to believe and to listen. And then these verses are said in Isaiah 7, put it up for me, verses 10 to 14. It says, later the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation, Ahaz. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king refused. No, he said, I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, listen, well, you royal family of David, isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. See, the sign will come from God. It sounds spiritual when Ahaz says, oh no, I won't test the Lord. His issue was is he wouldn't trust the Lord. And he was saying, listen, I want you to put your faith in me. Ask for a sign. Ask for a sign. Make it as difficult as you want. And Ahaz simply refuses. He was cutting deals with evil kings and doing all kinds of of, of just nonsense things instead of leaning on God. And so God says, okay, fine. You're not going to ask. I'm going to give you a sign myself. And the sign will be, right? A son will be born to a virgin and he will be called Emmanuel. Now... The, when he says the sign will come from God and, and the word you there is plural. So it's not just a, a sign to Ahaz, but it's actually a sign to all of Israel and in fact to all the world. And like the angel said to the shepherds, actually the same thing in Luke 2.10, if you put that up for me. This is what the angel said, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to who? All people. We're in the all to all people. So the sign will be a son, but it won't just be an ordinary son. A virgin will give birth and it will be a miraculous sign. The son will be God in the flesh. He will be Emmanuel. God is with us. Jesus, of course, is going to be his proper name, but Emmanuel is the truth about who he is. You know that there's over a 100 names in Scripture Of trying to describe Jesus, over a hundred. That he's, you know, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the blah, 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 you know, and they go on a hundred names because he is so awesome that he can't be contained with one. And this is one, Emmanuel, God is with us. It is who he is, God in the flesh. And so from this miraculous birth, Going forward, God says, here's your sign that I will be with you from now until the end of the age. I am sending my son and it is a sign to you that my presence will now be with you wherever you go and whoever you are. It is a sign for all the people. He is with you and will never leave you or forsake you. He will be the light in the darkness. He will be the great hope that the world is so badly in need of. Isaiah and the the Jewish people back then were in need of massive hope. And I stand here today to say, we are still people in need of hope. We still need hope. It drives us to live. It sustains us. It moves us. It's a powerful force in our lives. And God gave Jesus to be the great hope to the world. So did Ahaz understand all of this? No, of course not. Was it, was it ultimately and totally fulfilled in his lifetime? No. There was something that comes, a uh, maher that comes after, but this is obviously ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. Ahaz doesn't really get it. He doesn't understand it. It was a prophecy that's pointing to the future 700 years ahead of time. And uh, it, it was given for all of us to all the people. So it's a promise It's a sure sign that God would be among and present and with his people. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And once the son came, the son never leaves, by the way. He's with us right now through the presence of the Holy Spirit. He has never left. He has never left. So there's the sign The second one is in Isaiah chapter 9. This is about a son. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. It says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. So here he's saying, Zebulon and Naphtali are tribes in the north, Uh, they're sort of in the north part of Israel, and they make up the land that's called Galilee, that's where those tribes live. And so for years, people in that region experienced a lot of grief, even more than other people uh, in other places of Israel, because they were sort of closest to the bad guys, and so they were usually the first ones who were attacked when there was an invasion, like, Living there was not the best choice, is what we're saying, right? Um, but there were people there. And he's saying, listen, there's going to be, Isaiah tells of a time when gloom is going to turn to glory. And he says, and imagine, where does Jesus do almost all of his entire ministry? In the region of Galilee. That the doom and gloom of, of Zebulon and Naphtali in, in the region of Galilee turns from gloom to glory uh, look at isaiah here's the very next verse isaiah 9 chap- uh, chapter 9 verse 2 it says the people who walk in darkness will see a great light for those who live in a land of deep darkness a light will shine isn't that awesome people who are walking in darkness are about to see a great light Light is going to come into this land of darkness. Uh, Glory is going to come into this region that's filled with gloom. This is another hope chapter, Isaiah chapter nine. Jesus is coming. He's saying, hold on, Zebulon and Naphtali. Though your days of doom and gloom are upon you now, take hope for one day your doom and gloom will turn to glory for he is coming. And there's this Powerful sense of hope. Look at what even Jesus said, John chapter 8, verse 12. He, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. He is that light. And Isaiah chapter 4, he goes on to say, He will break the yoke of their slavery, He will lift off the heavy burden um, off of their shoulders. And, and he talks about this lifting of burdens. And then Jesus again sort of says it in his own words in Matthew 11, verse 28. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And the burden that I give you is light. Isn't that nice? Christmas should be understood as a time of miraculous hope. It is a beautiful time of hope. With all the problems and all the trials of life, there is one who has come. See, we live on the backside now. We don't say he's coming. We say he has come and he's coming again. When we say he has come, Christmas is so hopeful to us. It should be understood as a time of miraculous hope that with all of our problems, all of our burdens, all of our trials, there is one who is now here among us who has come to relieve us of our heavy load. He's saying, I'll exchange burdens with you. I'll give you mine, and I'll take yours, and mine is light. I am here. I am, I am ready. I am the light in your darkness. I am the strength in your weakness. I am the joy in your sorrow. I am the peace in your worry. He is the one. And so there's this, this overwhelming sense of hope that the sun is coming. And when the sun comes, glory will come with him. Isaiah 9, one more verse, verse 6. It says, for a child is born to us a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See the phrase to us, you see that? For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. That, that phrase to us means for our benefit. You could even actually, it might almost be more accurate to say for us. A child will be born for us a son will be given for us it is for us for our benefit and when you say a child will be born you see that's that's talking about the human part that baby jesus is born in bethlehem when it says a son is given that's god that's that that's the sign of deity that god is giving his only begotten son that jesus is this perfection this combination of Humanity and God, right there. The government will rest on his shoulders. It just means that all the expectations of the throne of King David are going to be carried and fulfilled and, and come to completion in Jesus. It says, He is wise, the wonderful counselor. He is powerful, the mighty God. He is personal, the everlasting Father. And He, of course, is peaceful, the Prince of Peace. Look at Luke chapter 1. Verse 31, it says, the angel says, you will conceive, talking to Mary, and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. That's awesome. He is... The sun. So there's two. We're going to move on to the third. So we're talking about the miracle of hope today and the miracle of the sign in Isaiah 7, the miracle of the sun in Isaiah 9, and lastly, the miracle of the branch in Isaiah chapter 11. Put it up for me 11 verses 1 and 2. It says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Remember, in Isaiah's day, like I said earlier, it was a hopeless situation. It seemed very, very hopeless. In fact, in Isaiah 10, the chapter right before this one, God basically says that he's chopped down both the Jews and the Assyrians that that he, that they're both just not what they need to be and now now in chapter 11 it seemed so so hopeless in chapter 10 everything's been cut down everything's gone but then in chapter 11 he says don't worry there's a new branch that's going to grow out of the stump of David's family how many of you have ever chopped down a tree you ever chopped down a tree I, I have multiple times and I'll tell you when you chop down a live tree, let's say it's in your way and you got to try to get rid of it, you chop that sucker down and you know what it does? It sends out shooters. And all of a sudden you got new branches shooting out of the out of the stump that you know when you're trying to get rid of a tree, you don't want those. And but it's this picture that God is giving to Isaiah to say, "Listen, In Isaiah, in in chapter 10, you're seeing everything's chopped down, everything's barren, everything's a wasteland. There's nothing left, but he's saying, Take hope, take hope, my son, for there is a new branch that's going to grow out of the stump of King David's family. He is coming, it is going to happen. Luke chapter 2 tells us, of course, that. Joseph was a descendant of King David. That makes Jesus a descendant of King David. And here in Revelation chapter 5, verse 5, this is how they describe Jesus. But one of the 24 elders said to me, stop weeping, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. This is who we're talking about. The Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Now, one of the jokes that I say to my family is, we moved into this new home, and on we have these wooden doors on uh, on the outside of our home, and on both the outside doors, there's these big lion door knockers, and when you when you bang on them, they're like boom, boom, like big, loud things, like you wouldn't believe, and there was some creepy things about the house that we took down, and someone said to me, are you taking down those those lion door knockers? I said, they're never coming down because you can't get into our home unless you cross the lion of the tribe of Judah and walk into our home. That is something that is staying he is great. He is worthy. He has won the victory. He is the one who, the only one who is worthy to open the scrolls, to give us life. So he's saying to Isaiah listen, what looks hopeless and desolate. Don't despair, for life is coming. What you see just stumps and barrenness. I see life is going to shoot up and it is going to be powerful. It is going to be awesome. He is going to have the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He's going to have the spirit of counsel and might. He's going to have the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. In fact, he says, the spirit of the Lord will rest powerfully upon him. Take hope, my friend Isaiah, for what looks desolate, one day he is coming again and a branch will shoot up from a, dead, from a dead stump and he will take over the world because he is the one. This is hope today. We're dealing at a time when we need some. Lean into the hope that's already been given. We have a sign, we have a son, and we have a branch, and his name is Jesus, and he's the one. Whatever has been knocked down, whatever has been chopped down in your life, listen, take hope today, because a new branch bearing fruit is alive and well, and will be growing out of the stump of David and growing out of the stump of your life when you give your your situation and your heart to Jesus. There is new life that springs up in dead souls, amen? There's something that happens in us when we encounter the power, the love, and the joy of the Lord. He springs up something new in us. When he comes, there's going to be perfection, ultimate perfection. Isaiah goes on to describe it actually in Put it up for me in Isaiah 11. He describes this in something that he must, it must have blown his mind to write these words. But in that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion. And the little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hands in a nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. Awesome. In that day, the heir to David's throne, the branch growing out of the stump, will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to Him. And the land where He lives will be a glorious place. Isn't that awesome? This is what's going to happen ultimately because of Jesus. All who believe in Him can take, can take hope. All of us can take hope. No matter how desperate, no matter how dark, no matter no matter how how sort of like overwhelmed it seems in your life we have someone who has given us the miracle of hope hope is a miracle when it comes from god it's not just normal hope like we've talked like i hope it doesn't snow until you know march you know like this is not uh this is not that this is confident hope. A hope that I can stand on. A hope that I can believe in. A hope that I can put my faith in. This is true. As just as the sun rises in the sky, so the Son of God rules and reigns over this earth. And He is my hope. He is my foundation. He is my strength. And He's given me hope in every situation I face. I'm, I'm in the time of Isaiah and everything looks dark. Everything looks dark and gloomy. I have no way out. I long like Isaiah said, oh Lord, would you please come down? Would you please break in? Would you please change something? It's so awful and bad. And he's saying, don't worry, my son. Don't worry. Hope is coming. Hope is coming. Hope is on the way. It is a powerful force in our lives. Never give it up. He is going to come to change the world. The sign, the sun, the branch. He's coming again. He's going to change the world. He's going to bring justice and truth. Isaiah talks about it like like he's going to bring justice and truth like a belt that's wrapped around his waist. It's just a part of who he is. And no one will be able to complain or say, that's not fair. No, he's going to bring justice and truth to the world. He is going to return as the almighty conqueror, the king over all kings and the Lord over all. That's who he really is. And we we talk about the advent, the, the coming, the arrival, the preparation time for the king to arrive, for the king to be coronated. We're talking now just about one little bit christmas time yes that the that the plan kicks into effect when the baby is born, but he is the sign he 's the sun and he 's the branch remember there 's three different perspectives he's his physical coming in Bethlehem his coming into our hearts, and his return to this earth, his second time around he is All of those and more. He is much more than a baby. He is much more than a man. He is the ultimate God, the ultimate king. He is the one. He is so awesome and beautiful. He is so powerful and great that he is the one that can give us hope when we find no hope around us. He can bring hope to everybody who believes. And that's the catch. See, remember, we just said the Advent points to his physical coming, his coming into us, and his eventual second coming. But Jesus has to be received. Amen? He has to be received. He has to be received personally. I can't give you a relationship with Jesus. I wish I could. You have to receive it for yourself. It ha- he has to be yours personally. If you're watching at home, it doesn't matter if your mom and dad go to church. It doesn't matter if you had great-grandparents who loved the Lord. They've left you a legacy, but you have got to grab the mantle yourself. You've got to say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you myself, like my dad did, like my grandpa did, like my grandma had. I want that for me. It was good for them. It's not good for you. You have to grab it personally. We have that choice. And Isaiah even talked about that near the end of his book in Isaiah 65, verse 1. It says, the Lord says, this, this is what the Lord said to Isaiah, I was ready to respond, but no one asked for help. I was ready to be found, but no one was looking for me. I said, here I am. Here I am to a nation that was not calling out my name. He wants to be found. This is a profound thing that we, we have to get. God is not playing hard to get. He's not playing hard to find. Yes, he's beyond our comprehension, but what we can understand is this. God loved us so much that he sent his son. The sign, the sun, the branch arrived 2,000 years ago. His name is Jesus, and he wants a relationship with With all of us. He is alive and well. And He wants us to be ready for when He comes back again. This is who He is. And the miracle of hope that He gives is ours. But we have to receive it. We have to choose to accept it. It's not good just to listen to a sermon about it. You have to receive it. We have to say, Lord, come into my life. I want Your hope, Your power, Your joy, Your peace. I need that in my life right now, today. And if you're at home watching, you've got to grip Jesus. He is the hope of the world. He still is, always is, always will be. He is the one. You see, the world right now is setting their hope on a vaccine to set us free from COVID. And maybe that's fine, but we also need to be set free from other kinds of issues like sin, pride, Our worry, our fear, our addictions, our pain. We've got a lot more problems going on than just having having to be locked down in COVID. We've got transformation that needs to happen on the inside that has nothing to do with the vaccine. We need the power of Jesus in our lives. The power of of the Spirit to come. Jesus is the one sent from God that can do it. God loves the world so much that He sent a miracle of hope. He said, I'm going I'm to speak to shepherds. I'm going to lead magi. I'm going to speak to a fine young woman. I'm going to tell her husband it's okay. You can still marry her. You, he, uh, he lined it all up. He sends Gabriel to talk. He says, Elizabeth, you're going, you're going to name him John, and he's going to be the forerunner to Jesus. He, it's all planned. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Why did God do it? Why did He do it all? God so loved the world that he gave his only son this is a miraculous thing so ultimate miraculous hope it only comes in and through the name of jesus christmas is a celebration of hope as the next few weeks go on it'll feel more like christmas but this is the first Sunday of Advent, so we got to start today. It is here. And as we prepare for Christmas, I encourage us all, let's make sure we're prepared for Jesus. He's much more important than any gift we could buy, any, any basket we could drop off. It's all beautiful things to do, and we hope to do it. And if you have a family in need, please let us know, because we want to bless somebody this Christmas. But the greatest blessing we could be is to share the greatest hope we have. And his name is Jesus. A basket of food will last a little while longer, but a basket of Jesus lasts into all of eternity. This is the great hope, the miracle of hope. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today. Thank you. Thank you. It's hard to express, Lord, in words. When we think about who we are and all the foolishness of our lives and all the things that we find fault and failure in ourselves in, You loved us so much, despite any failings or faults in us. You loved us so much that you sent your Son. And Christmas is this time of year where we pause. Maybe the world always doesn't recognize it, but those of us who believe in you should. We pause to recognize the miraculous gift of Jesus. And the hope today, Lord, we've talked about the hope that you've given to us. We say that it's hope that the world can't give, and it's hope that the world can't take away. It's supernatural hope, Lord. It's hope that we have built our lives on, hope that we know is true. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for showing us a life of service, a life of love a life of humility. May we love you more. May we serve you better. And may we be like you, Lord, in everything that we do. May we try, Lord, to emulate the example of Jesus. Father, as you have given us hope through your Son, we are now the light bearers, the candle bearers, the, the, the lights in the darkness. And we live in a time that could use some light. We live in a time that could use some hope. And so, Lord, help us today, all of us that are in this room and all of us that are watching on the stream today. Help us to be men and women of hope. Fill us up with the spirit of the Lord so that we may be, Lord, hope givers. I had this thought that Mary got to pick up hope. In a sense, in the little little baby Jesus, she got to pick up hope. But we also get to give hope. We get to give it. We get to give Jesus. And so help us today. Lord, as we walk through this Christmas season in a very unique time, in a very unique year, may this be a year where we are used to bless somebody with the miraculous gift of hope. Help us, Lord, and lead us by your Spirit to the right people at the right time and give us the right words to say. We thank you. We're committed to you, Lord, and we ask you to use us, to sustain us. And we ask, Lord, today too, for those that are here and for those that are watching that feel, Lord, uh, a disconnect. Maybe, maybe there's a distinct lack of hope in our lives, some that are watching today. And so we ask, Lord, that they would feel by the power of the Spirit a renewed sense of your hope today. Lord, in what looks dark and gloomy and hopeless, may they see, Lord, the light of Jesus shining, that there is a branch that will grow out of that dead stump, and it will be powerful and good. And so I pray, Lord, today, For those, if if there's someone watching that doesn't know you, that needs the hope of Jesus, that they would find you. You could click that button and find prayer and find a connection to us. Lord, there's those believers today who have just, through the, the time of COVID and isolation, we've taken a hit, Lord, and mentally we feel drained and tired and a little bit isolated. I pray today that the joy of the Lord and the hope of Jesus would just fill us again with a fresh, fresh sense of your strength and your presence. Thank you, Father, today. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including events, ministries, and service time, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast store, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.